Welcome to the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 65 of the Pantheon Plus Rewind, the weekly podcast dedicated to Pantheon Rise of the Fallen and its amazing community. This week, we've got a lot in store for you all. We'll be chatting about the August content schedule from Visionary Realms, an interview with Chris Joppa Perkins on MMOGames.com, some community topics, and finally, the continuation of the tale of Bell Iris. So, sit back, relax, let your mind wander into the vast world of Terminus with me, Desrin, and my esteemed co-host, Theric. Thanks for being here, and we hope you enjoy this week's Rewind. All right, Derek, it's another week, and I'm particularly excited about this one, but don't want to get too ahead of myself. Uh, so while this uh, last week's been full of a lot of uh, New World for me, and it's been a blast, I kind of wanted to throw back to some interest that I had, but uh, before I get all crazy, yeah, for sure. um, how, how have you been, Derek? <laughs> I've been good, man. I'm good. I'm excited for your for your interesting thing here. Um, no, no, but I'm I'm good. It's been a it's been a crazy week here, actually. It's, mm-hmm. We've got like forest fires burning around our, our area, like in the sort of in the region. And I, I Wednesday, I stepped outside, and I've never seen it so smoky in just the general area. I stepped outside; it was like stepping into a cloud, and I felt like I was standing right next to like a like a, a bonfire. Mm-hmm. Right? It was so smoky. And at this point, you know, the whole COVID thing's kind of you know, I don't want to say better, but it's getting there. We're still wearing masks. I still have to wear a mask, but my mask wasn't protecting me from COVID this week. <laughs> it was protecting me from the smoke that was in the air because it was so crazy. Um, so I went to work and even like my office is on the second floor of a building. So the smoke is like kind of up in that area. And I was like, oh, all day, just the worst. So if you uh, if you have like I should I should have like told him I had to go home or something like that. But <laughs> I toughed I toughed it out. I made it through the day. So yeah, yeah I've, that, that's I've uh, heard a lot about that from a lot of people in, in the Plus Guild, a lot of people in the Pantheon Plus uh, Discord. Um, it's kind of funny, but well, not funny, but it's interesting because I'm in Oregon <laughs> and this is one of the only times that I am so far unaffected. Um, whereas the last few years, it's been very, very different. But, but yeah, um, so... I know you guys always have your here's what's going on in my life kind of stories, and I'm not going to lie, I <laughs> don't really have a lot uh, going on uh, that I can talk about, so um, I'm switching it up a little bit here uh, just to kind of put my feelers into the community and see if I can uh, maybe share some common interests here, because while I do love my fantasy RPGs, I can't help but uh, be a little bit of a space nerd too. So uh, there's just <laughs> there's just a lot uh, happening in the in the realms of like space travel, exploration, and all that. Uh, this last week or or two weeks or so, and uh, I'm I'm just I'm really excited about you know my 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 fantasy games. I'm really excited about space. I'm really exp- excited about all sorts of really random stuff, but I figure this is probably a community where at least few people can be excited about like, you know, SpaceX doing their first super heavy uh, booster static fire. Um, I mean, like <laughs> the the thing is like a skyscraper with an explosion on the bottom. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I've seen images of it. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I watched it live and it's like a few seconds of, of engines firing, but like my hype level just, just gets so crazy, man. 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, like, not just like SpaceX, but like, you know, a lot of people are talking about Jeff Bezos, uh, just went to space and, um, and uh, admittedly he did bring a very, very cool person with him. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, there, so there's that. I mean, uh, if you guys watch any of the international space station stuff, you know, they, they did a, uh, dragon, undocking and maneuver where the the capsule literally just like has to float around the ISS to dock somewhere else it's just it's crazy that all this stuff is kind of happening you know amidst other world events and honestly like for me mm-hmm. this kind of stuff actually kind of keeps me <laughs> keeps me excited about the world um so yeah. i think that's why i kind of gravitate it's- towards it no, it's it's super exciting, man. I often like think, you know, sometimes I'm just grateful for the generation that I was born in, right? Like we're living in a time where, you know, this is the kind of exploration that's going on. We're not exploring, you know, our own planet so much anymore. Now we're moving out into space. And we're doing these things. And like I was I saw a video of the um, what's the uh, Virgin Records guy, um, Richard yeah. Branson. Right. I think he did a space mm-hmm. flight not too long ago, like a suborbital. Suborbital, yeah. Maybe. Um, <laughs> commercial space flight it was crazy like this is what's going on right now and and i love that this is part of our conversation Mm -hmm. and i read a book not too long ago by a guy that worked uh, for spacex um andrew raider i think is his name if i remember correctly anyway it was really cool book about the history of exploration going back to the very beginnings of earth exploration and now he's part of spacex you know and 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 doing all the the next level stuff that Elon Musk is doing and whatnot. So I don't know the details as well as you do. You're obviously much more well-versed in this stuff, but I'm, I'm exceptionally impressed. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just very excitable and, and to really like kind of tie it in. I, I think one of the biggest things that does draw me to these MMO worlds is that exploration side of things. And so uh, this is like the, the real life exploration uh, that I, you know, probably won't be able to do. And so I definitely pour that into my MMO experiences. Uh, I explore yeah, those. There's worlds. a connection there for sure. Yeah, there's a big time connection between those interests, and uh, it's uh, it's not hard to see. So yeah, it definitely comes across. Awesome. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's 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 my interest. <laughs> that's a little piece of me, guys. Hopefully, there's at least some space nerds uh, with you guys, and I. You know, maybe I'll start watching sports so we could, you know, we can uh, start maybe have a hockey conversation. <laughs> you don't have to do that. No, I'll come to you. I'll come to you. You don't have to come to me for sports. I'll come to I'll learn more about space and SpaceX and exploration and all that stuff. Awesome. So actually, I've been watching Star Trek Next Generation mm. I'm going back and rewatching for like the millionth time my next generation. So, I mean, I'm sure we can converse about that or something. Oh, man. Awesome. Well, uh, we should probably uh, get into um introducing our adventuring party this week, I think. Uh, so uh, this is everyone that donated during the premiere of our previous episode. As always, we're extremely appreciative of you guys uh, supporting us. Um, I Yeah. Uh, we've got some new people this time, it looks like. Uh, we've mm-hmm. got uh, mm-hmm. Rildren on the Halfling Rogue. Uh, we've got Archbishop on the Human Paladin. We've got Crow Singer on the Halfling Druid. Uh, Jedica on the, um, is it Jadica? Do you know? I think it's Jadica. Jadica. Yeah, I think it's Jadica. Okay. Good All right. Know. I'll, I, I don't want to butcher this. So if, if feel free to like shout me out, I want to make sure I'm getting <laughs> you guys names right. But yeah, we've got Jadica on the archive wizard, uh, Ziplocks on the dark mirror rogue sparrow on the dwarf ranger and bounty code on the human wizard. 
Yeah, so awesome party. Couple notes about this. Firstly, I want to mention Rildren on the Halfling Rogue. Um, also did a plus profile with Drac. Um, I'm trying to remember the name. Elive, I yes. think is their other name. Um, so yeah, if you want to know more about Rildren, go check out the uh, Pantheon Plus YouTube channel and uh, Drac's uh, Pantheon Plus profile, the most recent one, and so you can learn about him. Um, and the other thing too is the adventuring party graphic that you're seeing right now in the in the video on the, for if you're here for the premiere or not just watching on youtube was done by our uh, our dwarf ranger uh, sparrow and uh, she is getting into graphic design and um, she has done a great job with this she and i went back and forth a few times during the week sort of working on this and uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna continue to encourage her to uh, to work on this stuff so if we're gonna see more graphics and more little things to uh, you know just decorations for the for the show and the video to go with it so thanks sparrow yeah. really appreciate it all right. Well, uh, is it time for good old VR news and notes? This week in Visionary Realms news and notes. Okay, so this was one of those sneaky weeks where we didn't have like a developer stream, we didn't have a producer's letter. But somehow we managed to actually get a lot of news. Mm -hmm. There was quite a bit going on. So we we have got some ground to cover. And I want to catch everybody up in case you uh, missed anything from uh, in terms of official VR content. And the first one was uh, came early in the week. It was uh, from Chris uh, Joppa Perkins, the creative director of the game. Sat down for an interview with uh, MMOGames.com. Now, if you haven't been following that site or you're not aware of them, you should definitely check it out because they've been doing a lot of Pantheon-related um, articles. They've done interviews. I know that they uh, interviewed um, some of the content creators, Nathan Napalm, uh, Bazgrim, and uh, Minus, uh, going back a couple months now, just talking about their passion for the game. So this was an interview with, with Joppa. So quite a quite a big deal and a good one as well um so alex lack did the interview and the name of it is recapturing mmo magic and joy um so you know whenever you hear joppa speak and, and i know does you would agree <laughs> with me on this you get the sense he always just gets it mm-hmm. right <laughs> he knows how to how to pluck our heartstrings he knows what we're here for right he gets why we're here in the mm. first place um and there's definitely a lot of that in this interview. Um, but beyond that reassurance that we always get, there was a lot of interesting bits yeah. dropped in this interview, too. So I want to review a couple of those. And uh, if we, uh, if you have anything to say about any of this, does just jump in. <laughs> the um, first one was confirming Alpha, uh, alpha will include Amber Fate. Now, I was really curious about this because we've seen so much of Amber Fate, but it's not on King's Reach. Mm-hmm. And there's statement has been alpha will be fully fleshed out king's reach now um so joppa said that alpha is going to include amber fate um because um there's raid content there is one thing there's actually quite a few reasons one of them is that there's raid content there and they want that raid content to be something that is included in alpha um and you know if you've if you've been paying attention um he has said in the past they plan to launch with at least three uh, raid areas fully developed mm-hmm. so it's important to continue to develop amber fate and test uh amber fate to ensure that they have um you know they can build a template for a raid mm-hmm. zone that kind of thing so that's one thing another thing was the icy and the frigid uh biome that amber fate involves um it has a lot of interesting and and probably unique mechanics that they do need to get um, tested in alpha. And that includes things like slippery ground, uh, slippery walls and surfaces, that kind of thing. 
of course, the frigid climate and uh, acclimation that goes along with it. Um, and as well, dispositions and uh, traits that are in Amberfate need to be tested for, al- for alpha. Yeah. So those are all really important pieces. Um, and it's drop a finish by saying, you know, it's going to be critical that um, when development shifts to be able to uh, develop white thaw as a continent, because that is like, again, there's places in Terminus that aren't going to be that are going to be part of alpha that where races home starting areas are, are, are included. And the Archai is one of them. Um, the dwarves, mm-hmm. another one, those are both on white thaw. Um, so Desrin, your, uh, <laughs> your home village as an Archai needs to get a little testing in. So yeah. exciting. No, yeah. Right? Uh, like one thing that I was always kind of just assuming for some reason was that, you know, a, a lot of races, including like Archai would just kind of be transplanted for alpha. Um, and I'm sure that still mm-hmm. is going to happen. But, I mean, getting White Thaw or, or parts of White Thaw, either by, like, having the continent itself or, you know, I imagine having uh, some sort of, like, teleportation to, like, you know. That's right. I was just going to say, I think we're going to, I think what's going to happen, we're not going to get White Thopper. We're going to, like, a, where it's going to be organically sort of there. You're going to get some sort of teleporter from King Reach yeah. <laughs> takes it straight into Amber Fate, I'd imagine. Yeah. But, but, um, but still, yeah. like, the mechanics of it actually makes a lot of sense. Like, I, I'm not surprised in the sense that they want to have these mechanics be tested thoroughly uh, during alpha or, or early alpha, um, depending on how they go about that. But uh, I just was a little bit surprised that, it, I don't know, to me, it kind of sounds like while Amber Fate is what we've, you know, we've seen some Amber Fate, but if you remember the Monk video, we saw like parts of Amber Fate that we didn't even we hadn't seen before mm-hmm. and it was it kind of took yep. a lot of people back like oh there's actually a lot more to this and i'm i have a sneaking suspicion that perhaps there is even more of amber fate uh that we mm-hmm. aren't familiar with that is going to make it feel less like you're teleporting to a dungeon and more like you're teleporting to a continent or a full zone um, and, yeah. and that's really, really cool, uh, in spite of, you know, how, how we might actually get there, um, is irrelevant cause it's alpha, it's whatever, but knowing yeah. that there's that much content outside of King's reach that they also want to test is just really cool. Yeah. Cause that area in the monk stream that we saw, didn't look like it was inside the dungeon oh. of Amberfeet that we've seen before. It definitely looked like a different, more of an open kind of area. Right. So maybe maybe we'll get to experience that who knows and you know and, and if you go back and watch the amber fate streams there's lots of places that they've shown that they that you saw but you, they didn't actually go there mm-hmm. right they showed the um the, the anvil or the um oh, i can't remember the name of it now of course but uh, the place where the crafting station is in the midst of in the heart of amber fate with the one of the dwarf uh named dwarf that was apparently a very high level area and required a lot of uh, acclimation to get mm-hmm. there so Anyway, lots to lots to uh, get excited about Amber Fate being part of Alpha. Yeah, big so, Yeah, yeah. That was one. Next one was uh, character customization. I thought uh, some pretty interesting stuff from Joppa here, um, and they said, you know, it is a down the road item for development, so it's not something that they're really focused on right now. But in terms of their intentions, um, you know, they want to go as far beyond the middle ground baseline as possible, but not 
add to the production timeline. So that's that's good to hear because you know we've we there's a vast spectrum of games out there in terms of how much character customization goes, right? Mm-hmm. And some go way way far, and some do very basic stuff. And I don't think that um, I think it's important to say that they wanna they wanna try and push it as far as they can without making it um, too time consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like not looking to set the bar, not looking to beat out Black Desert Online. They're yeah. not looking to, you know, in terms of character customization, but they're also looking to go, I think, beyond maybe something you might see in like, I think like Albion Online. I just, because I just played that recently on mm. iOS. It's so basic, right? So very like three facial yeah. presets and, and two hairstyles, right? That's not what we're talking about. They're looking to go uh, far beyond that. So. It- Interesting it's stuff. funny. We just talked about that yeah. a little bit last week. Too. I was just about to reference that. It's like we actually kind of brought that up. And when I kind of threw my own uh, opinion in there, which uh, if you didn't see, like my opinion is just I actually don't really care for all sorts of crazy customization. Um, I, I more care for uh, like no sliders to me. And a bunch of mm-hmm. uh, just choices that like make a noticeable like impact to you know if someone's looking at my character in third person view, they're gonna tell that I'm uh, you know I have a different face or a different build or whatever, uh, like build as in like right. stature and 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 muscliness or whatever, um, yeah. rather than like you know being able to tweak the tiniest like minute parts of my face and stuff that like to me I just. Most people don't notice that, or or if you do, yeah. it's like in the you know really nice production like screenshots where for you know games that are very focused on graphics and uh, about the the pretty screenshots. Um, and so yeah, I, I'm like mm-hmm. all for the basics. So it makes me happy that you know obviously they want to put something out there that's really serviceable, but that he seems really realistic on like hey, we're not trying yeah. to like make this a really crazy thing because i i would right. think most of this community is probably okay with just pretty good <laughs> to me i agree i think so too i think you said it well you know there's a definitely a diminishing diminishing returns at some mm-hmm. point when you get too far down that down that rabbit hole with with customization and you also get like abominations right <laughs> <laughs> if you give people too much yep. too much freedom you're gonna see abominations running around all over the place and uh, that's no yeah. fun and then uh, the next one was pets. This is pretty good for summoners, and, and summoners are always looking for more information. <laughs> so talked a little bit about pet abilities. So there's two categories of pet abilities, player-activated and pet-activated. So now the, pets, the pet ones will be activated on a cooldown, or they're going to have a proc chance. But the player ones, listen to this, you have to actually add them to your hotbar right? There's no separate hot bar for pet abilities, which is, we see that in some games where you summon your pet and it's got like a little mini bar off to the side of their abilities. Mm. Not here, right? So what Joppa is saying um, is that, you know, with the limited action set mindset, now you better be mindful of what pet abilities you want to put on your heart, on your hot bar. And, um, and that's a cool idea. And then he goes even further in terms of uh, differentiating summoners summoners are special obviously is a summoning class their pets are going to be special so summoner pets can gain experience and they can level up they're going to have their own set of weaponry and armor and they have a separate inventory window in- inventory window now this is not i think he said this before so that this isn't brand new but i think it's important because 
um, it sort of brings to the surface how much work they're putting in on the summoner, mm-hmm. right? These are these are very unique class, unique things, uh, and I think summoners. I don't play a summoner. But if you're not happy with this, I don't see how you couldn't be happy with this. It seems like a great thing. What <laughs> oh, do you think? There's so much like love that's going into each one of these classes. And this is a really easy example because uh, anyone can look at this and be like, wow, they're really like putting a lot of effort into this one thing that's really, it's mostly just a summoner thing. Like, you know, barring potential other classes with, with pets or, you know, they're probably using these mechanics uh, in, in part elsewhere. But having all of this together for one class um, to be so involved and special, uh, I I think it really just kind of doubles what they're doing with other classes, which is like each one has something special. Um, Because why have multiple classes with like, you know, a lot of the same like crossover stuff? Um, So it really reinforces that to me. I, I really like the idea of choosing how much of uh maybe not dps like just dps but how much of yourself uh or your character is put into your character how much is put into your pet so you could see people offloading a lot of their stuff uh and basically having their pet do most most everything you know their bar might only have like three abilities that's just for them and so they're really like putting that all on their pet. And I love that that's an option. Like that's just really, really cool. Or just, you know, let, let stuff proc, let stuff have cooldown, which I actually really like that. Um, there are plenty of games out there with uh, pet classes that, you know, you have to do both a hundred percent. So you're having to do your own nukes and all this stuff, but you're also having to control your pet and it, like every little tiny thing. And it's, to me, it's just not, not fun. Like uh, some people might like that kind of control, but there is a certain amount of automation. And what I'm looking forward to do, or what I'm looking forward to is being able to customize that automation for a pet. Uh, Cause it, it, I get the feeling that that's kind of, I, I don't know exactly how they want to do it, but I just imagine you'll have procs and uh, recast timers and all that, but you'll be able to somewhat customize what your pet's, doing um you're just automating right and and i much prefer that so yeah 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 exactly the whole concept of like leveling up two things at a time like yourself and your pet equipping armor and weapons for two things at a time like it's like doubling your pleasure you know it's so good (laughs) that's why we play these games inventory like dude people that are like farmers (laughs) people that love just like kicking back put music on farming like for hours they're gonna (laughs) love this because they were already looking at the summoner as like a you know more solo friendly class now they're just gonna be able to like stay out there even longer they're gonna be so happy about this this, all the crafters are going to be summoners. I just oh, you, real, you realize that? Maybe crazy, I don't right? know. We'll see how that shakes out. <laughs> That's what Alpha's for. We'll see how that plays out. That's really interesting. There you go. Hey, Nafel, if you're listening, be mindful. <laughs> summoners and crafters. It's, it's like peanut butter and chocolate. They go together really well. <laughs> Oh boy. Anyway, the next one's pretty cool because again, this is something from the show last week that we came on and and they asked about parlor games and or they asked about, you know, will it be like socially oriented games in Pantheon? Mm-hmm. And Choppa said he wanted a Pantheon themed version of Battle Chess. <laughs> now, that's 
the better that's a better scenario than either of you or I came up with last week. It's better than my archive bowling suggestion. I'll tell you that for sure, at least for you. Um, so, but I love, I, I play chess. I've been playing chess since I was mm. in my teens. I have a, a nice chess set that I bought back then that sort of like was my first big purchase with my, when I got a job. Um, I've been playing chess with my, my younger son more recently teaching him. And now he's playing it like on the computer all the time. Anyway, hey man, put chess in the game. I will be a happy camper, dude. I, I would, I would be too. Uh, what's funny, because when I read this, the, the first thing that I actually think of is is something that I'm sure a lot of people are going to cringe at, and that's uh, League of Legends made a like turn turn based. It's not chess, but it's it's got that yeah. same like you use your champions in a and you organize them on the board and then they kind of it's like auto chess is what a lot of people call auto chess and, yeah hearthstone did a thing like that exactly too. and and yeah. that for some reason that's the first thing i thought of i know that's not what they're going for but uh i, I you know that's just where my brain goes and it, even if they just put regular chess in i'm totally good with that but what when he says battle chess i just I wonder exactly what is in his brain for that. Well, I'm an old, I mean, I don't know what's in his brain, but in my brain, because I'm an old PC gamer from the, you know, the old days with big box PC games, I mean, Battle Chess was a thing. There was a game, really well-known game called Battle Chess that involved, it was a really cool game actually and really well done um, where the, the pieces, you know, were animated yeah. and so that the knight would, you know, like run down on their horse, you know, and chop down the bishop. The, you know, one of them had like an axe and it got crazy. Like it was very much over the top, but it was very cool. So I don't know if that's what Jop is seeing in his head. Well, I mean, they could anyway. totally make that pantheonized as well. I mean, maybe Archai heads will roll <laughs> in that case if it's all animated. <laughs> wow. <I can laughs> what a, that's a great bring up. Wow. Good job. That is a, that is a beautiful thread to, to, to tie this all together. I love it. <laughs> okay. So that's, yeah, that was the interview. I encourage everybody to go read it because like I said, it's, it's very, uh, it's very good read. Um, and then in terms of there was more content from them, they released what they're now doing is like an August or I don't know if they're going to keep doing it, but it was oh. the August content schedule. Very exciting. This new approach to like regular announcements that they're doing, even just scheduling, uh, even just a schedule with a screenshot, it keeps our eyes pinned to the channel. And the biggest news, and this is going to be another cool thing, um, fan favorite uh, Co-Carnage stream got announced for uh, Friday the 13th of August. Yeah. And um, you know, we don't know what they're doing. We don't know what they're going to show, but uh, super exciting. I love the co-streams. Um, so if you are interested in that, make sure you're there on the 13th. There wasn't a time attached to it, but um, I'm sure that'll yeah. be released as, uh, as, yeah, over the next week or two. Um, we also announced the date of their next producer's letter, which is going to be on August 19th. Um, and, uh, if you, um, if, uh, you're interested now because of Pantheon plus you usually follows the developer stream because this is on a Friday and it's a co-stream, uh, we're actually going to be moving Pantheon plus you to the following Thursday. So Drac is going to uh, get that set up and, and we're going to stream on Twitch as we always do with me and Drac and Nathan Napalm are going to yeah. host. And that way we can cover the co-stream. We can also cover the producer's letter that gets released on the 19th of August. So that's an exciting day yeah. to look forward to. Give a lot of time to like marry you know, having it a little bit delayed. I, I think that's great. It's going to be a really fun plus yeah. you. I'm already looking forward to it. 
that's exactly what I said to, to Drac when we were talking about it. I said, you know, that gives people time to reflect on the co-stream and gather their thoughts and sort of bring something when we do the call-in. And I, I imagine it's going to be a pretty long show because people are going to have a lot to say. And uh, I, yeah, I expect you to uh, join us as well with the call-in and <laughs> hear what you have to say about it. So uh, everybody, uh, everybody get your, uh, get excited. Yeah, get for that get your green room hats ready, guys. No, more people for the green room. Let's do it. Exactly, exactly. We'll go all night if we have to. Um, and then the last thing was the uh, developer roundtable is releasing um, next week, I believe, is uh, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, they're going to release to the general public. So, you know, like I said, this this screenshot, just this content schedule is such a good thing because it gives us something on every single week. If you look at the month of August, we have something from VR every single week to get excited about. Um, and again, we've got a pre-alpha testing session coming up um, this weekend. And, um, you know, looking forward to that as always. But uh, yeah, no, exciting stuff. Yeah, it is. Uh, the, the graphic is... Well, I don't want to overstate and be like, it's pure genius. But but really, this is the kind of stuff that I think a lot of the Pantheon community has been wanting VR to kind of slip mm-hmm. into that, you know, more organized, a little more, dare I say, professional kind of consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, regardless of if they really have a lot of content, just showing some dates and especially, you know, making a nice little graphic with it makes all the difference. It, it it goes from like feeling like everyone's in the dark to we all have, you know, our, our expectations are set and we are looking forward to the events. Like even if there wasn't a co-stream on this flyer, uh, I, I think people would be extremely positive or receive it really well, you know. So I really hope this mm-hmm. continues every month. Uh, yeah, yeah, me too. That's it's good. Yeah, keep up the good work, VR. It's a, it's a nice change of pace for sure. So, and that's it for uh, this week's VR news and notes. When the Pantheon community speaks, we listen. So let's dig into the forums and fan projects to see what the discussion's all about. All right, for this week's community discussion, I wanted to highlight a thread from uh, forum user uh, Remy LeBeau. I hope I got that uh, titled. Final Fantasy XI Community Questions for Devs. Uh, Originally posted on the Champion Forum, the uh, topic was kind of a set of questions uh, that they'd like answered um, kind of from the point of view of past Final Fantasy XI players. And um, while I know this isn't exactly like a community discussion, uh, I thought these were great questions from a sect of the community that I'm sure... there's plenty of people that could use this information. So uh, I just really wanted to highlight that uh, link should be in the description. If, if you're a final fantasy 11 player, or if you just want a little bit of a Q and a uh, that a user, I believe it was faded emperor um, basically responded to a lot of them. And there's a lot of clarification. It's just a really great post that I'm, I'm really glad they, they brought over from the champions forum for everyone to see. So uh, definitely check yeah. that out. I think that there's a very much a, a cross section. There's a wide overlap of people that are interested in Pantheon that are hardcore or were hardcore players of Final Fantasy XI. It's the closest thing. I think we talk about EverQuest all the time just because it's easy, but I think Final Fantasy XI is actually 
very, very um, close in terms of the spiritual, not spiritual successor, but a very close relative of what I think Pantheon, uh, the mindset is. So it's a great, it's a great uh, read for people that are coming from that background. Absolutely. But we did have a uh, community debate uh, posted on Twitter, so we, we could get into that. Um, so this one was uh, Dungeon Finders. Convenient tools to meet up and run dungeons and raids with fellow community members or anti-social tools that kill the community's socializations. What are your thoughts? Um, thanks, Gilson. <laughs> um, so I, I, when I was going through the responses on this, since we've had this discussion before, right, um, I wanted to kind of focus on specifically the social side of Dungeon Fighters and, and how people view the social side of it um, rather than just focus on like how it like ruins, you know, uh, other aspects of the game. So um, the first one I want to bring up here uh, was uh, I, I keep wanting to say Ang S <laughs> Ang's. Uh, yeah, Angus. I think Ang S I go okay. Ang S. <laughs> so uh, I, I, you could say Angus, like, like Angus Young from ACDC. Mm, maybe. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's a good so, reference. Uh, but they say the traditionalist in me is slash out. no, let people actively travel and seek groups. But the more real life busy me would value a tool that at most assists in forming and joining groups at most being the key. He says uh, they would be fine without it though. Um, bringing in the whole like, Hey, I have real life, like busy stuff. Um, and I just want to be able to find people, you know? Yeah. So just again, you know, saying that it's an, it's, you know, we, we don't, we're not, we're always talking about these old ideas and these old mechanics and we're not always saying, just go back to the way it was. That's nobody, you know, very few people actually say, mm-hmm. it that, you know, so hardcore approach, just go back to the way it was. It's everybody I think realizes that there needs to be an evolution, right? But what is that evolution? That's the yeah. key. And I, and I think, you know, Angus has a good point here in terms of a balanced, let's, there's some good things about that, but there's some things that, are not good. So it's which ones are good, which ones are bad. What do you bring forward? Yeah. Do you want to catch this next one? Sure. Yeah. No, this is from Archbishop. And they said, a tool which advertises that you are looking for group and your class or role is perfect. It's a tool to begin a conversation and possible social grouping. Nothing more than that needed. No auto invite, no auto teleport, just a list of people putting themselves out there to do more with others. I think he's i think yep. they've got it slash you know, thread down here um, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yep yep because this is the social thing this is the social thing when once you start taking the socialization out of it that's when you get into trouble um what do you think about yeah that i i i think this is really well worded too but um i i love that they recognize like hey we need some sort of tool but we need just some sort of tool that actually encourages the social interaction because uh, you could have people that never feel comfortable with, like, I'm just going to slash out for f- 20 minutes, you know, and hope someone is brave enough to send mm-hmm. me a tell. This is at least, like, I, th- I think they said, you know, just kind of getting the conversation going, um, which is what I think a lot of people just need. And so, really great answer from uh, Archbishop. Um yeah, which is the hardest part. Just starting the conversation is the yeah. hardest part. Once it's started, then it's then it you know things tend to go okay and it's a little easier. But 
It's that initial connection that you got to make. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I kind of on that note. So, uh, Jim Morrison, uh, says any tool that removes or diminishes the need to communicate will ultimately remove or diminish communication. Having that first icebreaker of forming the group is a big step towards uh, establishing open communication. Mm. <laughs> so, sorry, Jim Morrison, I, I completely stole your thunder with my comment <laughs> on the last one. I wasn't even reading ahead. I didn't even see your comment, but, but yet, I completely took his point away. But he is Jim Morrison, yeah. so I mean, and you know, has a he gets, has a way he with words. I mean, that was that was really beautiful. Yeah. He's totally right. Like it, if the tool actually makes it easier to not communicate people will totally go that route because that's where the incentives lie Mm -hmm. but if the tool actually makes it easier to communicate is better to communicate people will inevitably use that tool to communicate it's it's perfect it's perfect you want to get patrick's here yeah yeah sure so the next one's from patrick longenecker i think that's how i said anyway they said i think it kills the community it makes the game a numb grind with no care for other people in your group. So, you know, I, whenever I think of Dungeon Finders and that kind of thing, I always go back to playing um, when, when I first started playing Elder Scrolls Online. And I was very excited for the game and I was going through it. And, you know, I hadn't like fully explored the world yet. I didn't really, you know, hadn't experienced everything. And the first dungeon I got to, I think I thought, great, you know, like I'm going to we're going to get in there. We're going to we're going to group up. We're going to talk like and all it ended up being was the instant you know put your name on the list it summons you when the group's ready we ran through and i was like hey everybody how's it going like nobody responded (laughs) like nobody responded i'm like hello (laughs) and it was just we ran through it and it was over and i was like oh is that what this is like is that what's going to be happening here and i i mean maybe i should have researched a little more ahead of time but (laughs) be that as it may i was still shocked at just how little interaction there was i was like huh yeah that's kind of a crazy thing. Yeah, I, it's like they may as well be like uh, like mercenary NPCs, you know. Um, the, but the yeah, reason I actually exactly. picked this uh, comment was they said uh, you, it causes you to not care for the other people in your group. Again, pr- to talk about the social dynamics of grouping, um, in order to want to communicate and want to, well, I mean, play the game with other people, uh, there is an element mm-hmm. of caring about them uh, and not to get super like pillow talk here, but <laughs> my hope for Pantheon is that uh, the people playing this game and, and grouping up actually find people that they end up caring about um, and not just, Hey, you know, this person is the crafter in our guild or whatever, but like, I, I mean, to be super open and honest, it would be really nice to see people actually, you know, sharing a little bit of themselves. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, this is a crafter in our guild. You know, I know he's got, you know, his kids and stuff on Fridays. So I don't want to, like, try to put, you know, my work orders on him or whatever. And that, mm-hmm. that little bit of, like, knowing a person in real life, not saying everyone in an MMO needs to, like, completely reveal their entire lives because I don't expect that. But there's an element of caring about a person uh, and and the reason I'm gonna like put all this time into into talking about this is because when you're caring about a person in an online game, it becomes, in my opinion, how it was back when we started playing these games, where it was so novel that you are playing these games with another person. I feel like it was really obvious 
the the people running around were people and that was amazing and now it's just boring and so anyway the whole caring about other people totally set my brain off there and that that's why i just love that I, I I couldn't uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I think it's I do think it's about that, and I know that that's not for everybody. And there's just different levels of that for people. Like some people, you know, get to a certain point. Some people get more down that path, and I totally agree with that. It's the one thing you know, games, video games are a funny thing because we we love video games. We always you know come back to them, but there's one thing that always overrides anything a video game does. And that's other people like you will always come back to see what other people are doing, what other people are, you know, what's going on, what other people are talking about. If you have a bond with somebody like that, there's you can't make a video game that's more powerful than that. And that's going to draw people in. And like, that's what you're talking about. You know, those early days when we were all awestruck by this, like, holy cow, you know, <clears throat> I can have my social life and my video game <laughs> in the same thing, you know, like that's amazing, right? So yeah, yeah I I, I long for the days of logging into my MMO and actually just like sitting in town talking in guild chat, um, which I haven't yeah. done in a long, a long time. So I'm looking forward to that. Agreed, but let's agreed. get into the uh, maybe the other side of uh, of group dynamics here. So we've got gaming fanatic <laughs> uh, saying it's okay to know where the dungeon is, but dungeon finders are bad for games. You need a team to go in and work together and not to criticize the people in the group. Learn together. He quotes, your DPS is so low. Kicked. <laughs> but my <laughs> the response to this, well, a bit snarky, is so we've got J-Law here saying, people do that without Dungeon Finders. <laughs> and it's true. It, you know, people can be inclined to that really, uh, you know, overly competitive maybe, or just kind of elitist attitude. So, but yeah. Yeah. But again, that's, that's the trade-off though. And I've, I've made this point in other discussions where it's, we, the good, the bad, yes. the ugly, like that's what people do and that's how people interact. And that's what makes it interesting. You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'd rather have, I uh, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I'd rather have a real, you know, difficult person. I'll just say in that way, in a group, than boring nobody talking you know like it's more interesting if somebody's being you know causing drama sometimes you don't want it all the time <laughs> of course and don't i'm not advocating for that i'm just saying that like you know if you look at like look at like a discord what's more interesting a discord where people are arguing about things or a discord that is silent and nobody's talking mm. about anything you know like that's the that's the mentality that i think sometimes and dungeon finders take away they they neutralize everything and i think sometimes i've thought sometimes in the past that game developers are so afraid of negative interactions between people that are like, I just want to, let's just neutralize mm. everything and give them just the, the, the gameplay because they're afraid of the consequences of that. So, but that's, a, no, that, I think that's a hundred percent right. And, and I, I can't promise this is going to be my last, like Mr. Rogers moment here, but uh, <laughs> one of the things that I encourage everyone that is social, whether it's in video games or not is part of interacting with other humans is making mistakes, failing, saying the wrong thing. Uh, like conflict is a massive part of growth in intercommunication. Um, and that applies in MMOs, whether we like it or not. So separating players or trying to neutralize them, as, as you said, which I think is awesome um it's not gonna get rid of those it's just gonna displace that 
negative attitude and cause people to probably try to deal with that, you know, elsewhere. Yes, there's going to be some probably not super wholesome interactions. I remember some not wholesome interactions in my time <laughs> as well. And I do. I, yeah, I, I, I actually remember um, just real quick uh, part being part of a hardcore raid guild in EverQuest 2 that kind of, it caused me to be a bit of a jerk. Um, and I distinctly remember a, a time where I was actually really mean to a person. Um, and I went back years later and, and talked to this guy. Uh, and we ended up becoming uh, you know, somewhat distant, but we still communicate um, through all of this. And again, that's, I made mistakes. Uh, and, and that's part of like this, this tug of war of trying to be social is this little give and take of, Hey, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Let's, let's try to figure this out. And I think throwing people together or making a uh, way for people to meet in a game uh, is, is just going to encourage that. It's just, people need to kind of understand that this is okay. Um, and so I, I hope Pantheon helps with that. Not that I think a game is going to fix everyone's social lives, but um, if anyone's listening, I I hope you're encouraged that conflict's not a bad thing and um, our games can actually make us better people. So, and yeah, exactly, <laughs> where's exactly. the Mr. Well Rogers said, well like said. closing theme? Here? <laughs> well, okay, here. Yeah, you find that you can you can insert that here somewhere. Yeah. maybe we'll. All right, we'll I'm at my soapbox that. time. I gotta, I'll step down here, so I'll, I'll let you. Here, you go, go for Blizzax here, and we can move through the rest okay. of these. Yeah, the next one's from Blizzax, the Epic Magi, and they said, "I think a tool that allows you to see who is looking for group is great." and almost needed, but if the said tool ports you straight into the dungeon with no need to interact with group members, it causes the game to feel like less of an MMO. Mm. So just sort of summarizing what we've said already. So I, I definitely feel that. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, you want to hit the next Yeah, one? sure. So we've got Disposalist here uh, that says a typical dungeon fire game... Fire? <laughs> typical dungeon finder <laughs> gamifies and trivializes what should be some of the most meaningful aspects of the game. A good-looking-for-group tool, however, could support and enable. Give us the equivalent of a tavern notice board. Help put players in touch. It's all that's needed. Nice little visual there. Yeah. Tavern notice board. Totally. I'm always down for a good a good visual to go along with the story. I like that. And Disposalist has been around forever and, and knows, knows this game really well. And I, I think that their points are always in line with you know, with what Pantheon's going for. So I think it's a good good suggestion. And then the last one comes from Ezekiel McCracken, and they said, I believe that a tool other than a looking for group chat would be cool. Not a dungeon fire, but an actual tool that allows you to set up preferences and other players can invite or join you. It would also be nice to be able to set alerts so you know if someone posts about what you want mm. to do. So this is what I was saying at the very beginning about an evolution of the tool, right? Like, And I think I think they're yeah. onto something here with with developing new ideas i mean we have so many ways of like communicating these days um through technology and different how we do our lives you know and it's just amazing that we're still stuck on this um you know this one or the other this black or white either it's 
you know, all tells and nothing, <laughs> or it's an automatic tool. Right. So I think that I think Ezekiel's got something a good, some good ideas. Yep, there, and, so. and thankfully, I think that's yeah. where VR is kind of heading. You know, they're they're looking to evolve the tools, and I, I'm super glad that that's the uh, that that's the case. Um, but yeah, good good mm-hmm. way to good way to end there. Let's let's make the genre. Oh, I just want to oh, actually sorry. exactly no exactly it's okay. I just wanted to add in one more thing because. If I go back to that uh, Joppa interview article, he actually talks about this mm. a little bit, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna quote him here because I think this is right on point, talking about what Pantheon's mindset is. So here's the quote from Joppa. He says, talking about modern games, he says, "quote Many of them trend towards a game mode lobby approach. I fast travel through the most of the world. I queue up for the area where I do my dungeons. I queue up for the area where I do my raids. I queue up for the area where I do my PvP, and it works." But the result is a very specific type of game experience where the game setting feels more like a mall lobby than an immersive world. So our goal is to capture that again. The joy of existing in a fantastical world. So I, I think that's it was it was so on point when I read it. I'm like, wow, I gotta I gotta include this as part of the discussion because again, Joppa gets it. Dude. Right? He gets it, knows what what the deal he is. He does. With. And you know what's really great about Joppa's responses? Uh, if you notice he never trash talks other games. Like, like That's he's right, like, yeah, yeah, it gives 100%. a, you, you know, a specific kind of experience. And he'll, you know, say like, that's not what we're going for. But I, I, mm-hmm. I see Joppa as a guy that can probably appreciate aspects of just about anything and, and, you know, put them in context and, and learn from the good things, et cetera, et cetera. And I just appreciate that yeah. about him. So it's like, I, you know, out of every, everyone that I would, pass this responsibility on to uh, as much as, you know, you'll hear like the meme jokes of uh, Pantheon eHarmony and all this stuff. It's like, no, no, <laughs> like you can hear Joppa, Joppa and, and other te- uh, people on the team talk about this stuff and you know, they're not going to do exactly the old way. They're going to move the genre forward with these tools. They, mm-hmm. they have a plan to actually do new things that actually push us into a new generation of MMOs. And I think that's what a lot of people that follow this project are excited about. Mail on a Sunday? That's right. Let's check the mailbox. Okay, so now we are checking the mailbox. Let's. We have three questions this week. The first one comes from our friend CryptFox. Their question was, how interested would people be in having an esthetician crafting class that does cosmetics with visual effects? So he started a thread mm-hmm. on the forums about this, too. And this is this is, again, one that sprung from a from a discussion uh, on a previous episode. And, and I'm going to I'm going to just make, laugh at my own joke here because that's kind of how lame <laughs> I am. Um, but um, when we talked about this on the episode and in chat during the premiere, I, I brought up the idea of a uh, scar bard. Right. So mm. if you play a scar, maybe a uh, scar bard. I said scar barber, not scar bard, although scar bard <laughs> would be fun, too. But scar barber. So if you were a crafter and you wanted to be like an esthetician and, and you created a scar i thought that'd be fun but in all seriousness this is a this is a fun one and um i don't know like do you know of any games that have done this do you know if there's any other mmos that have done it like a an esthetician hairstylist kind of that kind you of know thing? i i've always seen this functionality put into items um i think there's a few games that have like right. made those items craftable but not an actual like trade skill like could you imagine actually like 
sending a tell to someone being like, yo, I need my, my haircut or, you know, my, you know, yeah. Like, like my hair dyed and changed and, and all this stuff. I mean, it'd be really interesting. I like, I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. Very interesting. It, it, it almost feels like something that's more akin to like a game like second mm. life, right. Or maybe like a, a Sims MMO. Um, I, I, I like the idea. I think I have a bit of a, problem with maybe the the consistency with the tone of pantheon you know and then sort of the high fantasy theme but i but i wouldn't be like crushed if it if it was ever a thing like i think there's something there that could be really done in a fun way so i wouldn't want to say no but i wouldn't (laughs) i'd have to i'd have to sort of see how it goes yeah this is to me this is the kind of like feature that wouldn't necessarily be part of trade skills but i could see it you know several years down the line as pantheon is out you know developed and been around for a while that you know one one you know update or maybe they have a a collection of of updates and an expansion or something like that and it's kind of like just one of the things that a lot of the community that's probably been around for a long time they're like oh like that's that's kind of cool like you know i could you know maybe do some special uh, special changes on on my friends and and all this stuff so definitely like something i wouldn't yeah. put out of my mind i think sa- same as you like i it's definitely not something i'm like this should be in it release but i wouldn't be sad to see it later yeah don't write it off don't write it <laughs> off just just put it in the stuff it away in the in the file for a later time right so yep. <laughs> yeah <clears throat> so the the next question now this is a funny one so this came from a, a new member uh, asking in the mm. in the mailbox this is from transmog bear <laughs> so yeah the question the question is what is an enemy in your mmo history that you had an irrational fear or hatred towards so does i'll let you i'll let you hit this oh one my gosh man so <laughs> so this is kind of ridiculous the first nemesis I had in uh, in an MMO was in EverQuest Online Adventures. I was doing my my trek across the country or whatever from Face Fire right. where I started to Freeport because everyone told me Freeport's where it's at. I'd literally never been there, guys. Like this, I was the newbiest of noobs. But my goodness. I would aggro a wisp from what seems like <laughs> miles away. Wisps. And they're, you know, especially in EQA, there's little like particle balls of light. They, they look like nothing. Uh, but they have a sound <laughs> that is not scary at all. But at 3 a.m., when you're like playing EverQuest Online Adventures and trying to make as little sound as possible, for fear of waking up your parents in the other room <laughs> and you're, you're going along and you hear this like shiny, I don't know how to express it. It's shiny wind sound uh, while you're, you know, <laughs> probably 20 levels below the content, just trying to get to Freeport. I, I legit, like I had this cruddy USB keyboard that I had plugged into my, um, into my PlayStation and I, I like slapped it to the side and it made everything on my desk fall down, everything on my desk. (laughs) And since then, I just, when I think of little balls of light, these wisps, I just, uh, (laughs) I think of that memory. Cause I got, I got so in trouble for that. I'll tell you. (laughs) 
That's funny. That's funny. That's a great. I hadn't thought of like a real life reaction, something happening in real life as a result. I had a, I had a tough time with this question because every NPC, every monster I, I started thinking about, I was like, you know what? I hated them and I feared them, but I had good reason because most of them were like pretty deadly, right? Like I, I thought of like, you know, I thought of, I did think of wisps actually in EverQuest. I thought of like sand giants and all that kind of stuff. But the question was like, what's an irrational one? Why something that didn't pose any threat or doesn't pose any threat? And I finally, I came to the answer and I mentioned Elder Scrolls Online mm-hmm. earlier and you know what it is? It's mud crap. <laughs> I don't know why. I hate. You just have to kill every single one of them. uh, 100%. (laughs) They're dirty, disgusting. They're shellfish. I don't really like shellfish to begin with in in real life. So, (laughs) not my thing. They should just not exist. Those little clicking noises they make. And, like, for some reason, no matter what level you are, they never stop coming at you. Like, they're just stupid. They're dumb. And the worst part is, I bought the um, Collector's Imperial Edition of Elder Scrolls Online. And it, one pet. of the perks, one of the perks is that, yeah, you get an exclusive mud crab vanity pet. Like, why would anybody want this? I, I think I tried to summon it a bunch of times just to try and kill it, to be honest with you. But of course you couldn't. But it's, it's, uh, I think I named it something really stupid because I hated it so much. But yeah. No, oh my gosh. Crab, man. That's so suck. good. That's so, it, what's funny. So, <laughs> like, relating to even my story, I actually rolled an enchanter later down the line just so i could go and charm uh like a wisp in that area and like just send it to its doom like like, no jokes no jokes but mud crabs man that's a that's a solid one that's a real elder scrolls experience right there it is it is it's like they're linked to like the elder scrolls universe in this weird (laughs) weird way so anyway yeah so last one is is relevant to what we were talking about earlier it's from kyle katarn and they said uh given it might simply be a showcase for the monk what do you want to see in the upcoming co-stream uh you want to you want to oh man (laughs) okay (laughs) what don't you want to see maybe that's a shorter list alluding to this being more than just like about the monk like the monk is obviously a highlight of this testing session, but they're making it sound like like this is a huge update. And so as far as like what I'm excited about, I think the biggest thing is I'm really hoping uh to see that AI. Like that that's really yes, I like if yes. that's in there, I'm gonna freak out. Cause to me, okay, the monk's great. All you all you uh monk mains, like Love you guys. Love that you can feign death. It's great. <laughs> um, but the AI for me is like 10 times more. Like it, that's the game changer for me. So if that is in this the session, I'm going to freak out. I'm going to be so happy. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I, I said the same thing. I want to see how Co reacts to the yeah. AI. Um, and, you know, obviously you would need to have like a team, you know, some VR people playing with them to sort of assist and to show, you know, be, to show the group dynamics and whatnot. But to, to see a reaction from a player, you know, just in real time, experiencing, seeing one mob assist another, um, take a mez off a mob, do all the things that we've, we've sort of seen and heard about them being able to do. Um, it's very, very fun. And, and to see that in an organic way, I think is even uh, adds to it. Um, you know, uh, and like we talked earlier, maybe they'll be in that new area of Amber Freight oh, that we man. hadn't seen before. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm sure they'll reveal some more information as the time comes. But having Ko do it is, it's just magical. Because, A, he's played the monk before, right? Like, 
<laughs> so yeah, he's played he the has, month that's before. Right. It, that's going to be new. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll be stoked about that. Um, but I, my hope, because I know Ko's a busy guy. I mean, I know he follows the project, but I know he's a busy guy. I kind of hope that if the AI is in, that they just tell him like, "Oh yeah, so we made some AI changes," and then just like let him figure it out. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I kind of hope that that's the case, because um, I, I could I could just picture his like reaction in my head right now, it's, and it's going to be so genuine. I just I look forward to it so much, just to being like, "Wow, yeah, this is different." <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like totally unexpected because we just we're so used to general mob behavior and not seeing any of this extreme variation and all these cool AI bits. Yeah. So let the let the mobs victimize them. For a while. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm that's what I'm here for. So and that's uh, that's our mailbox for this week. Sit back and relax. It's time for the lore you know. Okay, the tale of Bel Iris continues, and we are working our way through her story. And last week we saw the introduction of magic and its effect on the Archai race, and this week we learn how it's played out. The response of the Archai to the addition of wizardry was mixed. Few infants are surrendered in hopes they will become wielders of magic, yet appreciation for the role has grown slowly over time. As for the Acolytes, their feelings are generally not considered, as their future is decidedly entirely by the Atahane councils, with small chance of a life of their own blessing. Into this group fell the child. In her youth, the child was a model student. Of all things, she burned to be a faceless monk in the venerated halls of the Atahane, devouring wisdoms of the spirit and body with zeal. Through memory and meditation, though memory and meditation were her greatest gifts, it was the child's rigor in training that set her apart from her nameless student siblings. In time, the girl with the radiant lavender eyes and obsidian skin caught the attention of her instructors, who noted a fervent desire to prove herself. And while these admirable traits are what betrayed her future, they're not only ways in which she was remarkable. The Atahane life can be crushing to a fully grown archai, let alone physical and mental children. It's not uncommon for their souls as well as their bodies to be afflicted by a deep sickness of the heart to paralyzing effect. The child learned to sense the anguish of her siblings, and some would find themselves drawn to her in kind. Her words were a precious gift, yet it was her voice that healed their souls. Long into the night, the child's song would carry through the polished stone halls, floating between dusk and dawn like a sonnet of their dreams. The archive voice is renowned for its natural echo, and the child's song would tend to the supernatural wounds of her siblings, even while they slept. There is a tale of an Atahane instructor waiting for hours at the door of the Acolyte barracks, listening for the child herself to pass into sleep, the silence signaling them to disassemble the ring of slumbering siblings and ferry them back into their beds. Though in many ways those nights were a break with Atahane tradition, it was wisdom that guided their order, not ritual. The child's effect was beyond denial. And that's the lore you know. All right, Des, another week oh, in the books. Nice uh, show. We're looking uh, just uh, right around the hour mark, so that's awesome. And uh, uh, we have a we have a big weekend in front of us here. Are you excited? I, I am excited, and uh, I'm excited to let you uh, <laughs> actually go as soon as possible so that we can all get some <laughs> sleep and be ready for this thing. Um, yeah. If if everyone's here in the uh, premiere chat, like, thanks for hanging out. 
Um, I'm sorry if we're not as uh, <laughs> engaging, but I hope you well, enjoyed the show anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, and and uh, and I will be there for the chat, and and I don't know, Des, if you're if you're busy, I I would understand, but uh, uh, we will definitely be uh, uh, one of us will be there for chat for sure, and and anyway, I will be I, watching I, I, I the a, chat. Nice, great. So yeah, no, thank you, Des, for another great show, and thank you to everybody else for tuning in today. As always, you can download the po- the podcast on Spotify or iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, leave a rating and review on your podcast provider; it helps out quite a bit. And if you're watching the video thumbs up like and subscribe we really appreciate it and until next week des we'll see you then we'll see you then thank you for listening to this week's episode of the pantheon plus rewind pantheon plus is not affiliated with visionary realms be sure to check out our twitter twitch and youtube channels under the name pantheon plus you can follow theric at pantheon theric on twitter and desrin at desrin does also on twitter And you can stay up to date with all things Pantheon at www.pantheon.plus. Until next time, cheers and thanks for listening.